back behind the microphone talking about doing the hard work. This is episode number 32 of the Keep Breathing Podcast. Here we go! Welcome to the Keep Breathing Podcast, where we talk about real life and share real hope, one conversation at a time. My name is Jimmy Akers, and I am your host, and it is a pleasure to be behind this mic, and regardless of where you find yourself, with headphones in your ears, on a jog, laying down, at work, on an airplane, maybe listening in your car, it doesn't matter, it is a pleasure for me to have the opportunity to share with you today. And as always, I do not take this opportunity for granted. I'm excited to kick off a new season of the podcast and just excited to be sharing with you. There's so much stuff that I just, man, I, God's just been doing a lot in me. And, you know, even when we take these breaks from the podcast, just a ton of new people are still listening. And so if you're new to the podcast, thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to have the opportunity to share with you. And if you've been hanging on, we got some OGs out there uh, listening all over the country. And we even got some international friends around the world listening. So thank you so much for joining us and just excited to share with you today. This is episode number 32. We are kicking off a new season of the podcast. If you haven't noticed, we have a new image uh, for the podcast, pretty pumped about that, the way that's come out. Got some new intro music here starting on this episode, so just a lot of good things happening. And today I just want to share with you briefly for a couple of minutes, and then I actually have a clip of a message that I shared earlier in the year. I just was waiting and kind of praying about when to share this, and I felt like it was fitting. And so kind of the theme of this episode of the podcast is doing the heart work. And not just hard work, it is hard work, but doing the hard work. I'll talk more about that in the message that you'll hear in a couple of minutes. Uh, Some of these passages I actually share in that, but I want to just share them for some context with a couple things I want to share on my heart that are just today. And so I just hope that this will be some encouragement to you. Maybe I'm not the only one processing this or struggling with this. And so I just want to share this with you today. Uh, Psalm 51 verses 10 through 12. There's actually a, a prayer there, and especially over the last six months to a year, there's been a lot of things going on, and I just find myself coming back to this prayer. I don't know if you've ever dealt with this before, and maybe you're not a person of faith, or you're still kind of beginning in that journey, and maybe you don't know a whole lot uh, about prayer as far as your own personal experience. You're trying to kind of dive into that. Well, I, I've been in church my whole life. I've, I've heard thousands upon thousands of prayers and to be honest with you there are times in my life that I still don't know what to pray I still don't know how to pray it doesn't have to be complex God is not concerned with how clearly we articulate our prayers it has nothing to do with that but when I'm talking about not knowing what to pray sometimes I just need a refresh I just need a reset I remember back in the day the original Nintendo if you don't know what I'm talking about don't worry about it but the original Nintendo had two buttons super simple there was a power button and there was a reset button and if I got to a point in Mario where I realized that I was not going to be able to win the game instead of wasting my time uh, trying to keep his hope alive at the very very end, I would just hit reset. 
And that way I could just start over and get a fresh start. Well, the cool thing is God gives us opportunities to do that throughout our life. Scripture reminds us that he can make all things new. We read in Lamentations that his mercies are new every morning. So there's some resets that he put in our life. But this prayer in Psalm 51, I want to read these couple of verses, verses 10 through 12. And just in the processing of talking about doing the heart work, doing the things that are unseen that impact all the things that are seen in our life. It says this, this prayer is, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. And there's just some times where I just start to feel like my mind's getting muddy. Maybe there's a situation that I just keep coming back to. Maybe it involves a person. I mean, Jesus talks about forgiveness for a lot of reasons. One, because he wants us to walk in the freedom of that. But also, he knew a lot of our issues were going to be with people. He talks about those kinds of things. And the thing is, is that sometimes situations from people where you maybe you come back to this person that whatever is causing you issues in some capacity, maybe you're just frustrated by them or maybe even to the point where you're holding on to things and you're trying to figure out forgiveness. And man, this is a great prayer to pray, to hit reset. Create in me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me, but restore to me the joy of your salvation. God, I want to feel afresh and anew in this, and especially with this situation, creating me a clean heart, oh God. So when we're talking about doing the heart work, this is a spiritual application for how we can do this, okay? And there's a lot of things that we know what it's like. You know, if you got a old trash cans outside and you get some stuff that comes out of the bag, you know, if you don't clean that mess up, it's going to attract bugs and rodents. It's going to smell bad. What do you got to do? You got to get the soap. You got to get the hose. You got to scrub sometimes. You got to clean that stuff out. Literally today, the day that I'm recording this intro to this episode of the podcast, I discovered a bag that was thrown in the back of my vehicle. I'm not sure who put it back there, but somebody put it back there. And it looks like there was some kind of sauce or syrup or something that went through the bag. It may have been me, by the way. I don't know. But I don't remember putting it back there. But anyways, it's on this this rubber cover in the back of my car. And now it's super thick and super sticky because in Florida, it's 100 some degrees every day. And so it has melted and re-solidified and remelted and re-solidified. So I just had to cover it with something because I don't want anything to get in it, but I'm going to have to clean it out. I'm going to have to go out. I'm going to have to pull it out of the back of the trunk. I'm going to have to spray it down with some water. I'm going to have to get some soap. I'm going to have to scrub it. I'm going to have to clean it because if not, it's just going to get worse. Things are going to get stuck. Sometimes we feel stuck in our life because we got some stuff clogging things up. Another application that just happened in our home, our washer and dryer, our dryer is actually hooked up to gas and it's not uh, powered necessarily it is plugged into the electric outlet but it's the heat portion is not just a heating element is powered by gas and i've never owned a gas dryer before but we noticed the other day there was some extra condensation inside of the dryer it had been sitting for a few days and there was a little bit of moisture inside and i looked it up and guess what it says that if there's moisture or condensation inside of your dryer, more than likely there's a ventilation issue. In other words, something is clogging the airflow. There is something that is hindering it, and so you have to clean it out. So we've paid somebody previously to come 
clean out our dryer vent, it's not easy for me to do it because it goes all the way to the roof. I'm a big dude. I don't like to be vertical, if you know what I'm talking about. So, um, yeah, I, I can't get up that high, can't get up on the roof to get that joker cleaned out. But we're going to have to get it cleaned out because it's there's a clog there, and it's hindering the performance. It's hindering uh, the capacity uh, that it's made to operate. There are things in our lives that sometimes will clog us up, will stop us. That can happen, be true physically in our own bodies, right? That can be true physically with things like I've just shared, but it can be true spiritually. So we're talking about doing the hard work. So this is a great prayer to pray. If you don't know what to pray and you just feel like you need to hit reset, Psalm 51, 10 through 12, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me, but restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. And at the close of this episode, I'm going to come back and sometimes I pray at the end of the episode and I'm going to pray this prayer again. I just want to encourage you when I do that to just agree with me in prayer. You could even get out your Bible if you want um, and, and, and you know, or on your app, on your phone or Google Psalm 51, 10 through 12 and read it with me. And that's how we're going to close today out. But this is just a great way to hit reset. Another passage that you're going to hear in this message or talk that I'm getting ready to share with you, and it's not the whole thing, so it is a shorter clip, but Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart because everything you do flows from it. I'm just going to confess to you uh, the last couple of years um, at a greater level than previous, we've been helping my mom and we've moved my mom down and uh, this is a conversation I've had with her. So, um, you know, she has access to listen to this. Uh, I've had this downloaded on her phone uh, for her to get downloads of my podcast. And so she, we've had conversations about this, but um, she's needed a lot of help. And my mom's in her 50s and she has had a lot of health issues. And there are some things maybe that there could have been some preventative stuff, but she also just there's some things DNA wise, genetically, whatever that she's inherited um, that have caused a lot of health issues for her. And um, so she's not where she wants to be physically. She's been through a lot. In fact, she was in the hospital, and about two months ago, a couple weeks into her hospital stay, we thought she wasn't going to make it out. And, man, I tell you what, I, I joke that my parents have nine lives, but I think my mom's on number 11. I mean, God has been gracious to her, and uh, she's still alive, and, and, and she's still doing the best she can to rehab and get back to what would be normal for her or better for her. And we're doing everything we can to support her. But sometimes because of her needs, I, I don't get to spend time with her as much as I'd like to with her just being my mom. Because a lot of the time that I'm with her, I'm a caretaker of some sort. I'm driving her to a doctor's appointment. I'm helping her do something that she can't do. I'm picking up something she can't pick up. I'm paying for something that she can't pay for. And I'm not saying any of that to be critical of her. But the thing is, is that sometimes the enemy will use that. I will get frustrated. And I realized, you know, the Bible talks about loving your father and your mother, right? And that's honoring to God. And I don't know what that's supposed to look like all the time, but I just know as now a 39-year-old man, that I wasn't prepared for this. And there's a lot of you out there that are listening to this that I know have been through this situation, whether it's your, your child that's needing more 
care than you anticipated or assembling or a friend or even maybe your parents. And man, it's a gift that I still have my mom and I'm able to be able to help her. But sometimes it is it is uh, wearisome. Sometimes it is uh, hard. You know, the Bible talks about uh, long suffering. Sometimes it, it is tough. And, you know, and, and thankfully God has given us strength and resources and, and I'm thankful for the way that the Lord continues to provide for us to help out how we can and how God has brought people into our life to help with that as well. But sometimes you just get tired and I have to come back and I got to check my heart. I got to come back and say, man, I, I feel like I'm frustrated, you know, and I don't want to respond to her in a way that is negative. Uh, or react to her. You know, if I have a situation that's hard for me, I don't want to go home and, and react to my wife or my stepson when they didn't do anything wrong and treat them poorly or somebody else that I love treat them poorly because of the junk that I'm dealing with, my own mind, my own heart that's been undealt with in this heart work, you know. And while I've been back at the gym here the last couple of months trying to get my health back together, I share about that all the time here on the podcast. You know, the thing that I'm discovering is not just the physical stuff that's going on. It's not just my diet. It's not just the gym. It's also my mind. It's my heart. The inner things that I'm processing, that God is revealing things to me. And you know what? I'm doing stuff about those things. I'm, I'm working spiritually to try to seek the Lord at a greater level. I, I've been back to counseling here in the last couple of weeks because it's important for us to address those things because it impacts our life. It impacts our performance. It impacts the way that we're doing things. Just like a vehicle, you know, if you're not running on all cylinders, there's an issue. You can address it. You know, if, if your tires aren't inflated at the right level, it can impact your gas mileage, which impacts the work on your motor and on your transmission, which impacts the way your vehicle puts out, which impacts everything. And, and so there's something to this, but God wants to help us deal with it. And so in just a minute, we're going to hear uh, a part of this message I preached at my church, First Christian Church in Fort Myers, and we were in a series talking about running on empty. And I know some of you out there that are listening to this can relate to that. And I just pray as you listen to this part of this message that it would be an encouragement to you and that somehow God would speak to you. And just before we get to that, typically here, I have kind of a break that would go into a commercial, if you will, uh, for sponsors. And typically I would talk about um, Anchor, which is the podcast host that we have. But I just want to share this. I want to thank you so much for listening to this podcast. And some of you ask, you know, especially friends that are new to the podcast that I haven't put out a new one in, in months but you're still listening to the podcast and some of you are new, you've gone back to episode one and you've been listening through and by the time you get to this, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening. And some of you have asked, how can we be a part of this? How can we help you with this? Well, the podcast is just an extension of the work that I do. And so a couple of things you can do if you haven't already done so, you can rate and review it. You can do that on iTunes and any other platform that you have uh, that you listen on. If you listen on a different platform, if they offer an opportunity to do it, to rate and review it, please leave you know, your positive review. That helps the algorithm so that it can be shared with more people. Also, share it. If you know somebody that's going through it, especially if there's a particular episode or just the show in general, and it can be a blessing to them as much as it is a blessing to you, please 
share it. And last but certainly not least, you know, I have missions partners that help us do the missions work that we do, the travel that we do on behalf of kids in Kenya. But you can give to be a missions partner. You can do a one-time gift or a recurring gift. Just go to don'tdolifealone.com, click on missions. It'll take you to my missions giving page and you can give a one-time gift or become a missions partner. And and this podcast is, is an extension of the work that I do in ministry, not just at my church locally or the work that I do in Kenya or when I travel around the world to serve. This podcast is reaching people and you have the opportunity to speak hope into their life by helping me do the things I do. So thank you so much for those of you that have reached out about that. Again, don't do lifealone.com slash and missions right there. Click on it. It'll take you there. Thank you so much. And we're going to jump into this part of this message about doing the hard work. Today we're we're going to focus on some less seen things. Today we're going to talk about the importance of doing the heart work, an unseen thing. And for some of you, you may think I'm saying the hard work, but that is also a part of our big idea for today. The heart work can be hard work, but it's worth it. The heart work can be hard work, but it's worth it. Because sometimes things look good on the surface, but they are everything but that. We see this in scripture. When the Lord sent Samuel, the prophet, to go to Jesse's house to anoint the next king of Israel, Jesse had a bunch of sons that had the appearance of being good picks for being the king. But the Lord said something to the prophet Samuel that should be sobering for all of us. In 1 Samuel 16, 7, the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things that people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Speaking of the heart, Jesus tells us to love our neighbor as ourselves. but he precedes that with this. He says, love God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. And then Jesus reminds us in Luke 6, 45, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. Heart And an evil man brings forth out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And sometimes we'll say, well, I didn't mean to say that. Well, maybe you didn't mean to say it out loud. But maybe you did actually mean to say it. It's important to understand when we read the Bible that we need to keep in consideration that the original text of the Bible was not actually written in English. The Old Testament was written primarily in Hebrew and the New Testament primarily written in Greek. And the reason that that is important is because in the English language, we sometimes simplify words. Just for an example, the word that we would use when we say we love somebody or we love something, that's one word in English. But in the Bible, there are seven different words words for the word love. In Hebrew, in the Hebrew language, there are three. And in the Greek, there are four different words for the word love. And as I was preparing for today, the Lord led me to two scriptures that actually use two different words in the English. One of them is in the Old Testament, so it's written in Hebrew. And one of them is in the New Testament, so it's written in Greek. And they are different words as well. But when looking them up in the Strong's and the Lexicon, they actually have a similar meaning. Again, 
just to understand today, we're talking about the heart work. We're not talking about our physical organ, the heart. It's important that we start at the same place. So let's check out these two passages. First in Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart because everything you do flows from it. Now there's a lot there to unpack today, that everything you do flows from your heart. And then let's look at 3 John chapter 1, verse 2. It says, Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. So the Hebrew word for heart in Proverbs 4.23 is lave, is the way it's pronounced. And it's a Greek word uh, in 3 John 1.2 for the word soul that we just read in that passage. That Greek word is suke. It's one of the words where we get the word psychology from. But they have almost identical definitions. Now the Bible reminds us that we ourselves individually as people are made up of different parts. 1 Thessalonians 5.23, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our body, this temple, this temporary tabernacle that we live this life on this side of eternity in, and then our spirit, which communicates with God, and then there's our soul. Today we're focusing on our soul, the heart and soul. That's what we're talking about when we talk about doing the heart work. And I decided to reach out to a friend that understands the text in the original Greek and Hebrew much better than I do, Dr. Les Harden. He is a professor of New Testament at Johnson University. And I asked him about this word for heart in Proverbs 4 and this word for soul here in 3 John in these two passages. And he said this, and I felt like he articulated it so much better instead of me trying to say it. I'm just going to read you the two things he sent me. He said, in both languages, we're referring to heart here in Proverbs and soul in 3 John. This is the center of a person. Lots of Westerners think it's the seat of emotion, but that's actually wrong too. That's too small. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he, suke, the Greek is the center, the soul, the self, and the life. These are all possible translations, but don't separate them as if your heart is physical and your soul is eternal. Both represent what today we would call core. To know my heart is to know me. To know your heart is to know you. That is our soul. Ancient kings used to put in their decrees, follow these with all of your heart, as we just read that Jesus actually shared with us. It's a call to be obedient to the king with your whole life, your whole center, your entire being. So your heart and soul, doing the heart work, or in the center of who you really are. So as Proverbs would ask, how are you doing with guarding your heart? Or maybe an easier question, I, I do pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, but is your soul getting along well? And Nobody can answer that for you, but you and God today. And as we're talking about the overall view of how we're actually doing, running on empty or getting close to it, is your heart and your soul getting along well? If it is... <clears throat> and you're doing good, I just want to say that's amazing. 
And that's really, really good news. It's really good news because the truth is, is you know someone that is not in that state in this season of their life. And you've probably interacted with somebody today that it seems like they are doing well, but actually they are hanging on by a thread. And you could be the person to share hope with them today. You could be the person of peace that God sends to minister to them this week. And if you yourself, the center of who you are, your heart and soul are not getting along well, the good news is, is that God's word speaks to this and has some things for you and for us today. Here are a couple of next steps for us to work on getting spiritually, emotionally, mentally healthy and doing the hard work. And I say a few steps because you may already be doing some of these things, but you may be missing one of these in a season that you're struggling today. And the number one thing first that we're gonna talk about is to stop. And even when I wrote that for the first time in my notes, on my notebook, in my office, all these songs with the word stop came to mind and I got distracted instantly just writing the word, stop, stop, in the name of love. All these songs come to mind. Stop, wait a minute. Anyways, all the songs, it just happened naturally. The thing is, is the word stop is a complete sentence. Some would ask, well, what am I supposed to stop? And the appropriate answer is yes, stop that, whatever that is. I learn a lot from the little man that's growing up in our house, and some days he is eight years old, going on 28, and sometimes... He will ask us what we're having for dinner tomorrow before we even eat lunch today. At times, he will ask what we're doing next Christmas, and we haven't even put our Christmas stuff from last year away in the garage. That's actually our current status in our house right now. And uh, some days for school, he struggles to get up early, but on the days that he doesn't have to get up, he gets up really early because he doesn't want to miss anything. If we could bottle his energy up and sell it, we'd be loaded. But all that's happening because he's growing. And his mind and his body and his spirit, his soul are all growing at different paces. And his mind is going 100 miles an hour. His body is trying to keep up. And we are too. And uh, the thing is, is, he's had nothing happen in his life thus far, holding him back from dreaming about the impossible. And that's really good. But because of all of that, he struggles to just be still sometimes. And in the culture that we live in, things are always pushing us to do more. And all of these things are constantly fighting for our attention. And the truth is, is even as people that would be considered to be more mature or older in age with more experience, we struggle just the same. There's so much going on. And sometimes we just need to hit the pause button or turn down the noise and just take a few minutes to Stop, but then we feel like if we do that, everything will fall apart. And the truth is, we're falling apart for not doing it. Psalm 46, beginning in verse 10, he says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. We can be still because he is God and we are not. We can be still because he is in control when everything seems everything but that. And sometimes, here's the truth in my life. Maybe you've experienced this before too. We can actually miss God's best for our life in the moment because we run right past the thing that we need because we are distracted by the thing that we want. God's just calling us to stop. Just take a few moments. Exodus 14, 14. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. 
The command to stop and remember the Sabbath in Exodus 20 and the invitation from Jesus to stop and find rest in him in Matthew 11 that we talk more about next week, they weren't to restrict us as much as they were meant to protect us. Our body, our soul, our spirit can only go so long before we break down or run out of gas. And there's a powerful word in the Bible that we see in the Old Testament. It's the word selah. And this word occurs 71 times in the 39 Psalms and three times in the book of Habakkuk. And most Bible scholars believe that selah is a probably a liturgical musical mark or instruction in the reading of the text, which literal, the literal meaning or translation is stop and listen or pause and take a breath. In fact, we just read from uh, Psalm 46, and in the New King James or King James translations or older translations, you actually see in that chapter alone, the word Selah is written three times. Pause, breathe, stop. Intentionally make time to stop. Number two, spend time in scripture. Of course, the pastor would tell me to do that. Your input impacts your output. And that's true of what you eat physically as much as it is what you consume emotionally and spiritually. As people of faith that follow Jesus, we need to let God's word be a guide to fill us back up with something good and spiritual fuel for the journey. Joshua 1.8, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light on my path. And back then they didn't have headlights. They didn't have these LEDs that could throw 500 feet. Literally, they may have had an oil lamp or a candle at best or a torch. And for the path to be illuminated, they had to continue to take steps. And we need to allow God's word to help us find a rhythm in the steps that we take. Romans 15 Four it says, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. And the truth is, and I'm guilty of this, that sometimes we look at reading scripture as a chore, something that we have to do, something I should read. And sometimes I don't feel like it, but I can't tell you how many times in my own life when I've needed something and I didn't know where it was going to come from, or what that thing was. And sometimes, as a last resort, I would actually open the Bible and say, God, okay, I don't know where else to turn. I need you to show me something. And the way that God works, and sometimes in a way that only he is capable of, he would lead me to a passage of scripture or a verse that would speak directly to my situation in the moment because God knew what I needed. And sometimes I've spent time praying for God to give me a word when really I just needed to spend more time reading some of the words he's already given to us. Stop. Spend time in scripture. Seek God in prayer. This is another one of those pastors are going to tell you to do things, right? Of course, the pastor asked me to pray. But why? <laughs> because this is true in my life as much as it's true in your life is that God's plan has always been better than my plan. I don't know, I, I just had this, this epiphany about this the other day, and I don't know why this is, but have you ever been using your GPS? And before, and it still does, the GPS will recommend a faster route, or maybe it will recommend a route without tolls if you don't want to pay the tolls or whatever. Now the GPS actually recommends 
slower routes. Like, when is that necessary? Like, why, would, why do I want to take a slower route? That doesn't make any sense. God's plan is always better than ours. Isaiah 55, 8, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. Why else does this matter to pray? It's not just something that we're checking off of a list or getting our gold star for doing it today. Because Jesus did it. Jesus prayed. Luke 5, beginning in verse 15. Yet the news about him spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him and be healed of their sickness. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. If Jesus needed to spend time in prayer with our Heavenly Father, how much more do I? The other reason why we need to pray and seek God is not just because it's a religious practice. It's not just something that people of faith do. It's because the God that we're praying to loves us. Loves us. You would hope if you've had children in your life or young people in your life and you tell them that, they, that you love them so much no matter what they do or what they're struggling with that they can come to you. That's always true of God, even more so because he knew what we were gonna do before we got there. And he already had a path to help us get back close in step with him. First Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Last but certainly not least, this morning, speak to someone. You know, God made us for relationships. And that started at the beginning when he said, it's not good for man to be alone. And this is not just speaking of a romantic kind of relationship. Jesus sent the disciples out in twos. God even has community within himself in the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Pro Proverbs 17, 17, it says, a friend loves at all times, and a brother or sister is born for a time of adversity. It's great to have friends to celebrate with, but when things really get hard, that's what God gives us these relationships for. All throughout the word of God, we see God saying to us, don't do life alone. James 5, 16, it says, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. We can go to God for forgiveness, but he uses people to bring healing to our lives. And we need to use wisdom with this, right? You don't need to tell everybody all of your things. Proverbs 15, 22, it says, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Don't put all your business in the street. Don't put all your mess on Facebook. I'm gonna say that again. Don't put all your mess on Facebook. But here's the thing. If you're the only one that knows your secrets, that could lead to more pain. And I think it's important to say this. There is no shame ever in reaching out for help you are not less spiritual because of it. Because God wired us to lean on our brothers and sisters. I grew up in the church and I believe that we are a spiritual people and we should pray first, but God also uses people to help us. The Bible is full of this. And if you're struggling, whether it be mentally, emotionally, physically, financially, spiritually, yes, pray. We just talked about that, but maybe you need a different job. Maybe you need a new environment. Maybe you need a counselor. Maybe you need a new peer group. Maybe you need a doctor. I was brought up in an environment when I was a kid where if you had an issue, you would go pray about it, and if the issue didn't change, you didn't pray long enough. 
Sometimes in the church, unfortunately, there's a stigma for some people and there's shame attached to taking medication. Well, the truth is, is sometimes there are chemical imbalances in our body that can only be changed with being properly diagnosed or prescribed medicine aside from God touching our body. There are plenty of times where people have come for support and we pray for them and we give them scripture and we give them encouragement. And then sometimes we recommend clinical counseling with a professional that has resources and experiences that we don't have. But I want to say this to you today, whether you're battling with addiction or self-worth or anxiety or loss or depression or loneliness, I know that sometimes those things can get so loud you have no idea who to turn to or which way to turn to, but what you need to know is you don't have to battle that mess alone. That's the point of the body. My childhood was not the worst, but it was not perfect. And as a kid, I was raised in church. I grew up doing something called Bible drills. Some of you have no idea what that means. Um, it sounds like wrecking a Bible and you never do that. No, what it meant is that somebody would call out a verse and we would race to see who could find the verse and stand up and say it the quickest. I was raised in that kind of environment. I, I was raised in such a way where I could find most of the books of the Bible without looking at the table of contents. I was raised knowing that Jesus loved me and that he had an incredible plan for my life, but there's still seasons of my life that played out like a tragic country song that you only want to listen to once. You know what I'm talking about. When I was 14, all of this happened in one year. I got a bruised kidney from football, couldn't play the rest of the season. Somebody literally stole our dog out of our backyard. I had a friend that died from a game of truth or dare that went horribly wrong as a young teenager. My then girlfriend broke up with me and my parents were going through a divorce. And as a 14 year old Christian kid, I attempted to take my own life. I knew the hope yet. I didn't feel the hope. Just over five years ago, I found myself walking through a divorce that I did not choose, but I also could not stop while I was pastoring a church and a dream that God gave to me. And I was doing what God told me to do, but it didn't change the fact that the bottom was dropping out on my life. And I say that to you this morning to say this, I don't need to know your pain to know that it's real because I've had my own, but I can tell you this, that we serve a God of restoration and healing and hope. And you need to know this, friends, that God loves you. We don't get up here and share scriptures every week just to show you how much we know that you don't know. The point of all of it is to know that God loves you and he has a plan for your life and your current diagnosis or situation doesn't have to dictate your destiny because God's not finished with your story. God loves you ridiculously and whether this chapter or the last couple of chapters or maybe all of the chapters up till this point in your life have been full of pain or regret or brokenness. The good news is, is that Jesus does his best work when he takes broken people and the broken pieces of their life and picks them back up and puts them back together and rebuilds something beautiful from the mess and the pain that we never could have saw coming in our life. And I'm not sure which step you need to take for the takeaway today, but you need to pick one of these that's missing and trust God with it, whether you need to stop or spend time in scripture or seek God in prayer or speak to someone. I don't preach from this pulpit. None of us do having it all figured out. We do so from a place of humility to let you know that God has changed everything for us. And that is the only thing that will change your life. If you're willing to trust him with whatever steps you have to take. Proverbs 4, 23, above all else, 
Guard your heart because everything you do flows from it. And we do pray that you enjoy good health and that all may go well with, with you, even as your soul is getting along. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me, but restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Friends, I pray that this episode of the Keep Breathing Podcast has been an encouragement to you in some capacity, that it has been a breath of fresh air maybe in your life, and some of you may be struggling. We just pray that over you today. God will bless you and encourage you, fill you back up in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for listening. Let us know if this has been a blessing to you. Share it, review it. If you want to join the work that we're doing, don't do lifealone.com. Click on missions. Regardless of what you may be facing, friends, keep breathing. God bless you.